Of course, I love to be an inspiration for others, because people need it. When people are at their lowest, they want something to look up to. They want something to hold on to. But mostly, I just want to be happy again. I want to be complete in myself, full in my recovery journey. And although I'm on the way up, I'm still never going to be complete. And that's just life. And I want to show that with other people. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to not be happy sometimes. It's okay to be mad and upset. And it's okay to show it. Because that's life. My name is Dane, and I am a queer woman living on Wadarung country. I work as the Regional Community Engagement Coordinator for Midsummer, and I'm very proud to be part of the team who brought Pride Finder to life. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Breikalung lands of the Gunai Nation, and pay my respect to Elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. The episode you're about to hear is with Charlie, a 17-year-old artist who is wise beyond their years. Charlie is non-binary and has also faced living with chronic illnesses. They recently held their first exhibition at West Gippsland Art Centre, and in this episode they talk us through each of the five works that were included in the gallery. Each artwork represents a specific life event or emotional state that Charlie has experienced, so you'll get to hear a lot of their story so far. Let's get to know Charlie. Hello, everyone. I'm Charlie DVDs, Devanda Shuren, or NBCD, if that's what you would like to know. <laughs> um, I am an artist who was just, um, did my first gallery here at West Gipps- Gippsland Art Centre. And I am gay, queer, non-binary, whatever you would like to call me, I'm fine with <laughs> So this is your first exhibition here? Yep, in Warrigal, if you would like to visit. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your exhibition. Um, Well, it is about the seven stages of grief. Although there is only five paintings, that is intentional. Because through me having PTSD and all that, you're constantly cycling through it. And so I haven't reached the last two stages. The stage of the last painting, which is titled 2022, um, it is the stage of on the up. So the healing stage. Mm. And as you could see with those snippets there, um, through each one, um, when writing them, I decided to do a poem type thing. Mm-hmm. How was it, you know, preparing these paintings and doing this exhibition for you? because it's so personal? Ah, great question. Well, of course, with having PTSD, having reminders, you try to avoid it. But through healing, and because I am a diabetic, I did have a fear of needles and blood due to my first trauma 
but I had to get over that. And so this whole thing is me finally being able to show people and tell them, this is what I've gone through. And I don't want it to be forgotten. Because mm. with me and my illnesses, um, the thought of death is constantly in your mind. So if I want to be remembered as an artist, because we're all about being remembered, <laughs> um, then i rather these moments not be forgotten. And when you say, you know, sharing what it is you've gone through, are you, do you feel comfortable sharing? Oh, that? of course. Yeah, okay. So, and where would you like to begin? Because <laughs> it feels like it's been... I, I don't have no idea. I don't know much about you at all. But just oh. from seeing your paintings, there's obviously there's, there's a, a lot, lot. Going on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it was hard to put them into just five paintings because I have many moments in my life. Sometimes I need a wheelchair, so I do have moments of trauma with that. So with the first painting, it's before anything happened. So this so, is 2010? Yes. Um, that's when I would have just been five, just before I ended up hospitalized due to double pneumonia and a lung collapse. So I was only breathing through half a lung. Um, apparently it was the worst thing the doctors had seen with ammonia. Didn't expect me to live. I did, but it felt like I died, basically. Um, and so that that painting of the first and the second is me memorializing them. That's why it's called In a Bed of Daffodils, because I say daffodils weirdly, because <laughs> um, I'm autistic. <laughs> That's why I don't sound Australian, if you're wondering. <laughs> um, but that's because um, there's a story of Narcissus, the god who basically drowned in his reflection because he loved himself too much. And so that's why daffodils sprung up in the water. And so I decided to put those into the painting because that's where I died. But that was where my self-love journey began. Your self-love journey began? Yes. Mm. Um. Yeah, you've got here, a love for herself that is past and no more. May she now rest for the new day is no longer spring. Exactly, because mm. daffodils, they first start blooming at the start of spring, one of the first flowers to bloom, and then they end up dying after spring. And when I was hospitalized, it wasn't spring, and then when I left, it was December. Summer, here. <laughs> so that's why that was. Um, throughout it, so the first one has the start of the poem, the second one has the other bit. So if you read them all together... Ah, uh, okay, it's the whole poem. Exactly. Yeah, okay, beautiful. And the next one, A Rock in a Hard Place. That was also when I was in America. So the choice between this one and the wheelchair the reason why I chose this one is because this was about queer identity, and so I wanted to add a bit of my self-identity. So when I started questioning whether I was gay or when I was not, um, we went to America. And there's a place called Hard Rock Cafe, it's a very big thing there. And they, because of music, there's a lot of queer, amazing artists that are celebrated in these places. And so there was a music video I was out there with my family playing on the screen of two men kissing 
And one of my family members looked so disgusted and started saying, oh, it's unnatural, stuff like that. And so me being not out yet, still questioning, having friends who were out that they had met, it was very disgusting, isolating. It made me angry. And that's why it's called a rock in a hard place because it's hard rock. <laughs> I thought that was very clever of me. <laughs> um, my mom was proud of it when I told her. Yeah. Um, but because that, um, it was in Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard and mm. just that area. And then I stormed out by myself just in the bright day on the star walk, people walking past crying. We were supposed to go to Madame Tussauds, which was next to it, um, but I sat in the car and then I was forced to go in. So I had photos taken of me just fake smiling the whole time because, yeah, that was the moment that I decided to start cutting ties with this person. Mm. Because if you surround yourself with people who are negative, who don't accept you, you're not going to accept yourself. But luckily for me, I do have a very tight-knit family now and friends who are accepting who are also queer. And although we're in this area where I live, there are people who don't accept you at all, but there are many people who do and love you for it. Mm. So <laughs> that's that painting. Yeah, okay. When you were questioning mm -hmm. and... Um finding out more about yourself and who you are, uh, what was the most, or what are the, what are the things that you found most helpful in that journey, in that questioning? Maybe a good therapist, but I didn't have that at the time. Um, I had healthy habits of writing and drawing art. And so just figuring out through medias, internet, games, just everything. It's... If you don't have people that you can relate to, you make them. <laughs> and that's what my art was. Mm. I made friends. Yeah. You said your mum has been a real support? Yes. Um, without her help, I wouldn't have been able to do this art thing or any of my other stuff. Um, because I am a diabetic and I'm still classified as a child, um, I do have to have her help sometimes. And... Although being taken care of a chronically ill person is tiring, she does do her best. And that is very admirable. <laughs> okay, so the next painting is I Just Want to Be Happy Again. Mm. Um, <laughs> I based that title off of a song that I was writing that I'm trying to produce. <laughs> um, and in that photo, it depicts me cutting my hair. You would assume that would lead to my trans identity, but no, that, that was at my worst moment. This is depression before the up and up. So this was at my worst moment. I was hearing voices just that bad. I'm not schizophrenic. I don't usually hear voices, but it was just in a need of control, um, eating disorders, stuff like that. And I just got so sick of seeing myself in a mirror and now knowing that I was gay and I was in love with my ex-best friend, I decided to just cut my hair. And right after that, my sister came into the bathroom and I came out to her. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. That's how what that moment depicts. Okay. How old were you then? 
Ooh, that's... Okay, so grade seven. So I would have been 12, 13. It seems like many of us as the years go on, the younger we are able to come out, which is great, but yeah. <laughs> I was glad I was able to do that. We had to hide this, of course, from the family member that I mentioned before. Um, we were successful, but another family member ended up telling that person, and so I felt very betrayed and unsafe. Because outing someone, it could be very, very dangerous. Mm. I don't think people understand that as often as it should, because I've seen bills of people specifically in America of them saying, okay, if you want to change your gender pronouns or blah, 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 you have to get a permission slip from your parents. And that is so scary to me. Like, I'm lucky, but others aren't. Do you think, like, you said that, you know, as time goes on, people are becoming, people are coming out younger and younger. Mm. Um, when you think about the older generations who have what they've been going through, had like, what, yeah, what are you most grateful for? I wish it wasn't such a hard journey. There were so many people who died fighting or died just loving. And when it comes to something so harmless as being happy, raising a family, or just anything, it shouldn't be that hard. Just that. Mm. It shouldn't be that hard. And I'm glad as more generations come out and more people feel safe, the more we're able to be ourselves. Do you think social media and the internet had a big influence in the information obviously you, yes. you were able to access because I had a similar a person in here a, while, a few days ago saying that if it wasn't for social media yeah it, like just the role mm. that social media has played definitely yeah like so many things of course there are bad things that come from social media because there are people on the right wing left wing arguing and just fighting over what's right what's wrong but there are so many people just being nice, being normal, but also sinning or doing all that stuff. But it's just... <sighs> if we didn't have that, people would think this is so demonized, so horrible. So yeah, social media has had mm. an amazing impact on acceptance. Mm. So tell me about your next... This is your last one? Exactly. Yeah, your last one. And... That is when I decided that I was going to put my stuff up out in the gallery. Of course, I finished this in 2023, as it said. Um, but in the painting, it has all my other stuff. And I made sure as the, because I decided the placements before it was put up, that I would be facing all the other paintings. So mm. I would be looking back. And as it says there, I believe... Something about me not knowing if my younger self would be proud of myself. But I don't have to because I 
didn't actually die. I'm alive. I'm healthy. <laughs> and I'm proud. I'm proud to be gay, queer. I'm proud to be chronically ill. I'm proud to be autistic. Why should I be disappointed in all of the failures of humanity, really? Or all the stuff that couldn't have been helped? So that was what I wrote. It's a very colourful painting, yes. this one. Yeah. Um, I wanted to tie in the scribbles of the first one because that was the first thing I remember ever creating as a young artist, just scribbles on a piece of paper. And so I wanted to bring in that colour of finally putting everything that I've been through into myself and now just figuring out the ones, the colours that I don't want. So past memories that I no longer need. Mm. So the, the the last part of the poem, do you want me to read it or would you like oh, to Oh, you could read all of it, like from the start to the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. All right, well, let's do that. Um, so the first verse of the mm -hmm. poem. Before was a dream that soon arrived at death's door. Is this your poem, by the way? Yes. Ah. <laughs> a love for a self that is past and no more. May she now rest, for the new day is no longer spring. Where a single ounce of love couldn't make them feel a thing, disgusted with all and even myself. With an attempt of a life, unaccepting of help, repainting the cards of which I was dealt, I look back and wonder if you're proud. And I know the answer since I'm alive right now. So as you could see, the last bit doesn't fully rhyme with all the rest, but that is intentional because last piece, although it looks incomplete to all the others, less realistic, it is the most true. It is the most present and the most real. What an amazing thing to be able to, for you to be able to document is your journey through chronic illness, mm. coming out and being proud is what I'm hearing. Mm. And you're 18? Oh, 17 turning 18 this year, fortunately. Mm. Um, I'm glad that I am now over 16 because I'm able to do so much more in the art world, so much more fun stuff. And when I turn 18, it will just be crippling debt from there on. <laughs> <laughs> Why has it been important for you to tell your story in this art form? Healing, mostly. Of course, I love to be an inspiration for others because people need it. When people are at their lowest, they want something to look up to. They want something to hold on to. Um, but mostly, I just want to be happy again. I want to be complete in myself, full in my recovery journey. And although I'm on the way up, I'm still never going to be complete. And that's just life. And I want to show that with other people. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to not be happy sometimes. It's okay to be mad and upset. And it's okay to show it because that's life. What does pride mean to you? What does pride mean? Of course it means being proud. 
It means accepting yourself, accepting others. Believing in what you believe in, not taking anyone's shit. <laughs> to say it lightly. <laughs> um, being able to be your own shoulder to cry on. Being able to be somebody else's. Having your hands held wide open for acceptance and love and giving it and receiving it. That's pride and that is all of what the LGBTQIA plus community is all about. And those who don't, you're not welcomed. <laughs> we do not want you here. We want this happiness. We want all the good things. We just want love to be loved. And that's it. Mm, beautiful. What are your hopes for the younger generation of LGBTQIA plus people in regional areas? Well, school education. I really want there to be no bullying in school, no tolerance for bullying of gay people or trans people, accepting of pronouns, accepting of all the stuff, just protecting and it still infuriates me of sexual education with regional areas and schools. Guys don't get told what girls or whatever, but also talk about like gay sex and protection with that because god no wonder why we had an AIDS pandemic with all that because we weren't protected with that as well <sighs> I just hope everything is better for the next generation just keep talking keep posting on social media keep being mm. do you feel like you because you grew up in a regional area you've had it more maybe more tough than what you would if you were in a city. I mean, it's hard to say because you probably haven't had the city experience, but mm -hmm. do you think there's been... Well, I've been to the city and I see, like, drag performances and all that, parades, and I want to experience that, but because in the regional area there isn't a lot, the only things you get to, like, see is people in school if you are gay and find that community, but also by being attached to them, being a part of that, people make you a target. So that's that. <laughs> mm. What would you like to see happen in regional communities? Maybe a few danger fields out in regional Victoria. I love danger field. It's just so, it's so gay. I love it. Um, more drag events. I would love to see like a bunch of like gay flags up in schools of course they probably wouldn't do that or like they'll put it up and say oh look we have a gay flag how how great but just some awareness some pride just that in regional victoria and what do you most love about being queer what is not to love that's the question i could say things i don't like about being queer like, sometimes, we're sometimes very judgy. Like, we're just brutally honest. And of course, that is a form of love. Um, but I guess that's not really a hate. I don't have anything I hate. I just love being able to be. Mm. That's the best bit. <laughs> and do you have any role models? Ooh. Is it a cliche to say RuPaul? <laughs> well, they have done a lot for the community. 
Um, I don't have a lot. Like, of course there are people who are inspiring, like, so many. Um, as an artist, I would have to say Lin-Manuel Miranda, who has also done a lot for the gay community, um, and the Filipino community as well. Um, because he's just such a lyricist artist who created amazing musicals like Hamilton or In the Heights. I just love musicals. Mm. That's the gay part of me. <laughs> Many people would agree. <laughs> what are your hopes for the future for yourself? Good health, relaxation. I'm planning a bunch of stuff this year without the relaxation. Because when I relax, I don't really relax. I'm still thinking of work. And so renovating the dollhouse or just painting miniatures. I got a 3D printer now. I'm just going all the way in with my art, possibly figuring out another gallery. Mm. Just everything. Just what would you like to tell your teenage self? That's what I'm trying to connect with because my younger self, I put that moment to rest. I'm able to look at them and just hold their hand and say them they're safe. But in my teenage self, I don't know yet. Um, I know that they were angry. I knew that they were depressed, suicidal, tired, lonely, <laughs> many, many things. Mm -hmm. Maybe just don't be too hard on yourself. That's all I could say. And to anyone listening, don't be too hard on yourself either. Take a water break, have a bit of a stretch, have a rest if you need. You're probably working a bit too hard or your mind's just constantly going on. <laughs> that type of thing. What do you think people with autism can teach people who don't have autism? I think we could just teach them to listen more. And <laughs> of course we could learn to talk more because we feel like sometimes people won't listen or like our ideas are trash but there are so many of our innovations or creations that could really benefit society and so just working together what have you learned from your mum <sighs> that mothers could still be good people <laughs> um it's a lot of work being a mother um, and just having a loving, kind spirit, compassionate, caring, tough, is great qualities as a mother, as a person. Just be more like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, if <laughs> I don't want a partner like my mom, but like, at least have those qualities. Mm. Because if everyone's like my mum, I'll have to be reminded of, like, my blood sugars constantly. Am I dropping? Do I need to eat something? Like, that loving type. Mm. She's looking at me through the window right now. I, she doesn't know I'm talking about her. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, she sounds like a great mum. Mm, definitely. Mm. Had her rough moments, but... Look, we all do. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Like, my moment you might be having a little argument about who's going to do the dishes, mm -hmm. and then the next moment you're, like, very happy about the meal you both cook together. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's been really nice talking to you. Thank you. 
This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pridefinder, the Rainbow Road Trip, was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. Thank you.